Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Thursday, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> Hanging in there? Getting through? I know. Be where you are. And if you're not doing well, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. You know, we don't feel any shame or guilt about struggling, you know? It's okay if someone says like, hey, how's your mental health right now to say, horrible. I had to say it the other day to a friend. And I think even as a therapist, people think that I always am doing great. Well, that's not honest or real. And it's, that's not even the goal, right? Remember the goal of mental health isn't happiness actually. <laughs> um, that's some other pursuit, uh, which, which by the way, we also know that, uh, trying to build happiness doesn't build happiness. What leads to happiness. And I'll do a segment on this at some point. So I got to like make a note of it is finding uh, meaning and purpose in your life. If you have a life centered and meaning and purpose doing the things that you value that, that leads to happiness as an outcome, but, um, seeking happiness doesn't do that. And it can't be found if you're not doing things that bring you meaning and value in your life. Um, but it's okay to be feeling bad. You know, mental health, again, is about feeling a full range of human emotions and feeling them deeply. And again, participating in the life you want and really building a life of meaning. That's what mental health is. And allowing yourself to sometimes be depressed, allow yourself to sometimes be anxious. That's not a bad thing. That's not a pathological sign. That's part of being a human. And we have to have space for that. Just like if you're feeling a lot of joy right now and you're thriving, that's great. Live in that. I'm so happy for you. Many aren't. Uh, got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about dating at burnout and a whole bunch of other stuff. As always, question of the night is up on our Love Lena G page. So weigh in on that. And uh, as always, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, slide it on into our Love Lena G page in those DMs, and we'll be answering those later. Got some good, interesting stuff going on in the news. So Disney, they're adding a racism disclaimer. I'm all about it. Why not? Content warnings. I'm here for it. Also, just a way to acknowledge that, hey, things that we put in our films historically, eh, not so great. And Disney has a history of some racism in their films. Peter Pan, The Jungle Book, Dumbo, they will all have a racism disclaimer. They, up, they updated their previous disclaimer. I'm here for things like this. We need more of that. This is just part of being where we are. Um, so uh, upon their launch of 2019 um, of this Disney+, Plus. They had put warnings on films such as The Aristocrats and Lady and the Tramp that warned that the content being presented um, may contain some outdated cultural depictions. And that's a really whitewash way of saying we did some racist stuff and we feel bad. 
sexist as hell too. Tons of examples of no consent. I mean, it's kind of gross in some ways what they presented to us as to what we should be trying to do or what love looks like. Like really problematic, a little stalkery. I mean, so much in there. We could we could really dive deep. But to say that it was outdated cultural depictions is a, is a very nice and tidy way to try to package that. It was racism and sexism and some homophobia, tons of it. But I'm glad they're calling it out. So the streaming service has been accused of trying to gloss over the racism, as I just said. Yep. So they're going to be updating it. I'm thankful for that. There's no reason not to. And it also is, is a great learning moment for you to talk to your children. Hey, let's just talk about what we just saw. Um, you don't have a right to just kiss people that you haven't gotten permission from. You don't have a right to just show up at people's houses and sleep in their beds and eat their food. <laughs> I mean, if you really look at some of what was normalized in some storylines, it's quite amazing. Um, also, I thought this one was a real gem. A girl, aged two, sends her mom's nudes accidentally to the entire contact list. I'm not 100% sure how that happens. But based on this person's report, a two-year-old girl accidentally sent nude photos of her mom to her entire contact list, including former colleagues, university friends, and clients. This happened to Emily, 30, from Ohio, when she's letting her daughter play with her phone. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many warnings in that. Don't let your kid play with your phone. And that's the biggest one. Number two, I don't know how people just fire something off to a contact list. I don't have it, my phone set up like that, so it's very foreign to me. Um, yeah, and I will not say don't keep nudes in your phone because as an adult, if you decide to have nudes to use them with another consenting adult as a part of sexuality or keeping romance alive, you have a right to do that. I will not shame that. That is something you're allowed to do. We have to shame people that misuse that and also the ways that it can go awry like this one. So that that's what I'm, I'm leaving that one on that. Uh, we already talked about the Stevie Nicks abortion thing, so I'm not gonna open that up again, although that has kept some fire going. And I've had some people attack me back for supporting Stevie Nicks in saying that she's glad she had an abortion because it allowed her to build the life she wanted to build. And I was like, yeah, do your thing. And a lot of people said that that was self-centered. Well, um, you don't get to decide what other people do with their body and what's in their best interest. She does along with her mental health team and her you know, doctors and that's what was decided. So love you, Stevie, got my support. Also love your new song, keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? That's where we're at right now. And some adorable news, after a man grew up without a father, he made a helpful YouTube channel for kids who need support. Father of two, Rob Kenny, didn't have an easy childhood, so uh, he put something together. This is actually really, really adorable because it's basic things like how do you shave, how do you fix things around the house, just basic life skills that he didn't get growing up in foster homes. I think that is so adorable. Um, Rob's YouTube channel is designed for kids who need a little extra support. Oh, see, stuff like that warms my little heart. I'm glad we're doing things like that. All right, y'all. Question night is up on our Loveline IG page, so weigh in on that. And then later we'll be doing some DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, now we're going to go to our next guest, Victoria Cunniful. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And before we jump in anything, I just want to give you some applause. I like honoring people's achievements. Uh, Daytime Emmy nominee, well done, and winner of a Soap Hub Award. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love seeing people succeed in whatever it is they want to do. So well done. Uh, let's start by just talking about mental health in general. How's your mental health right now through this whole pandemic? Um. I'm not going to lie, I was struggling quite a bit in the beginning. Um, I've, I found a way to adjust to it and, and I found certain things that I can uh, do and, and, and use my time wisely to help cheer myself up, I guess. I've been trying to go to the beach when I can, exercising a lot and just uh, keeping in contact with 
those who I love and, and, and love me back. Um, but in the beginning, it was hard. It's just a lot of uncertainty and, and just the stagnant reality of waking up every day to the same thing. And it almost feels like this never-ending, impending doom. But I, I, I don't know, over the past month or, or two months or so, I've been doing a lot better. So I, uh, I'm really happy about that turnaround. <laughs> well done. I mean, you kind of hit the big three. I, I'm still, you know, doing my clinical practice, but telemedicine. And that's what I'm saying to everyone. Move your body, get some nature, and stay connected to people you care about. Because I know for me, I, I can wind up having sat maybe for an entire 12 hours. So just moving has been really helpful for me. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously... Instagram and social media already has negative effects on our mental health. And with all this extra time we have at home with not much to do, we tend to, I find myself, you know, spending way more time on Instagram than I have previously. So I set a time limit on my um, app and I only allow myself 45 minutes of scrolling time a day. And that has helped significantly as well. So I highly recommend that to everyone. That is beautiful because uh, now more than ever, I'm trying to remind people that the amount of time we're spending on our phones, that our mental health is going to be directly impacted. And you just dropped a tip that I haven't heard anyone put out there. I, I love that. I hear people in my practice saying, I'm watching these people and they seem to be thriving right now. They're traveling, they're redoing their homes. And it's making a lot of people just feel really bad. Yeah, through no fault of our own, we're experiencing FOMO because, you know, the, the reality of the situation is that we're not supposed to be living our best lives right now. We're not supposed to be traveling and going to parties. And I see that on my social media feed and it used to make me sad, but now I'm just like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, I just want to like, hello, like. Think about where we are in the world. You know, the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. So um, seeing that has a negative effect on our mental health for sure. And and I try not to look at it. Staying away from it is um, key in, in my life. Uh, unfortunately, with my career, I do have to remain somewhat active on Instagram. So I try um, just to, you know, stay relevant in the times and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's just... I don't spend a lot of time looking at content. I just put my content out there and leave it be, you know? I love that though. You're using it, not having it use you, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. Perfect. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Use it for what you need to use it for and then take your time off. I mean, so I'm one of those people where I'm on the other side. I have JOMO, the joy of missing out. So I'm happy to be not a part of half of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I'm, I'm, I find that... I'm a great hybrid of both introvert and extrovert. So most nights anyway, I prefer staying home alone and, and reading a book and watching a movie and just taking time to myself. Um, the thing that I miss the most is just traveling and, and, you know, casual hangouts with friends. And now that, you know, Halloween season is upon us, that is my favorite time of year. And uh, I can't do all the things that I, I would normally like to do, but it's, it's a small price to pay for, um, you know, keeping everyone safe. Yeah, yeah, I love it said like that. It's a small price to pay, but I'm telling people we can still have Halloween. We just have to do it a little differently. Put on that costume. You might be just wandering around your home by yourself, but you know, you participate in whatever way you can. Right, we can, you know, dress to impress ourselves, dress totally. to fulfill our, you know, soul's cravings. Like I, 
for a while I would wear like robes and pajamas every day. And I found that getting dressed to go out really did help um, how I felt for the rest of the day. It made me feel more motivated to find something to do and to occupy my time with. And um, yeah, dress for the, the job you want, not the job you have is what they say. So. Oh man, well then apparently I want a job where I never leave my couch because I'm all sweatpants. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with Victoria Conifold to talk more about mental health and the industry. All right, now we're going to go to our next guest, Victoria Conifold. So uh, I wanted to ask you about this. So what does it feel like to have left a job that was a home for you for so long? Yeah. Um... And let's call it out Days of Our Lives, uh, Sierra Brady. A lot of people are familiar with that, know you from that, and you've taken a break. You've exited. I have. I actually exited um, about a week before the pandemic started. So it just, I haven't, I, I wanted to give myself time to audition and find other work, but that, you know, obviously isn't happening right now for many people. Um, the, the decision for me to leave, it wasn't a spur of the moment thing. I have been thinking about it for a while and um, it was really hard. It's like, I don't know. I, I loved the, you know, having a steady job and the people there are amazing. I created such close bonds with so many of the castmates and the crew members, but ultimately my decision stemmed from me having to do what was best for me. I'm quite an adventurous person and I don't like staying in one spot for a long time. I found myself missing and craving other opportunities and movie roles and dreaming about doing an on location shoot. And that's not necessarily impossible being on a contract, but it's almost impossible. Um, so I, I felt like I was just missing out on fulfilling my creative hole in my heart and and I needed to give myself an opportunity to do that. So I figured that, you know, getting off contract would be the best way to to allow myself to accept what I can in abundance. But then COVID had something different. <laughs> yeah, surprise twist. But listen, I, I'm really impressed. I mean, that's an inspiring example of uh, an act of self-esteem where you leave something that's comfortable and familiar in service of something that's just has bigger meaning for you and you venture off. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's scary and terrifying to, to go into the unknown, especially in a career, which is as unstable as an actress. Like I, I have no guarantee for anything. Um, so it, it was hard and it was scary, but ultimately my love for what I do kind of overpowered that. And, and like you said, it was a self-esteem boost because I do have faith in myself. Um, so I'm willing to rough it out until whatever is meant to be for me happens. Beautiful. And uh, before we let you go, let's talk quickly about music. So word on the street is that you might be dropping some tunes. Ah, yes, well, I am... As a quarantine project, I actually took up playing the guitar, which has been a dream of mine ever since I was a child. So I finally fulfilled that part of my life. And I'm really excited. I don't know exactly how I want my sound to come across. I just know that music has been a love of mine for a very long time. And um, whatever will be, will be. I've been writing music, so I just need to find the right team to put it together. and. Yeah, the world should be expecting a little EP from Victoria. Can't wait. Victoria Conniffel, thank you so much for being a part of our show. 
Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. You too. And there it is. Listen, we got to look out for ourselves. And sometimes some of those difficult choices are the most impactful and profound. It's an act of self-esteem to go after what's going to give us the most meaning and joy in our lives. And COVID doesn't mean we can't still bring some of that in. So I love her also talking about playing the guitar and just moving towards other goals we have in our lives. Thank you so much, Victoria. Coming up next, we'll be sliding into those DMs. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to support the confidence. Our DMs always come from our Loveland IG page, so follow us and um, drop them on in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris. Oops, sorry, phone's on. Um, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris. So Halloween's coming up. My favorite holiday in the entire world. Yo, me too. It's my birth month. My birthday's days before Halloween. I cannot wait. Love it. I love the fall. I love the weather, the candy. So anyway, the question says, I know I'm going to sound really childish for saying this. Pause. No, don't shame yourself like that. Um, adults are allowed to do things that have vulnerability or whatever it is. I, mm. But I've actually been depressed all month about Halloween and I can't shake it. It's like I'm grieving a loss, but of a holiday. Is that even real? What can I do to snap out of it? Uh, yes, that's real. How do I know? Because you're experiencing it. And if it's experienced by a human being, it's real, right? Just like if a female does something, it's something females do. We have to stop saying only children do that. Well, if an adult does something, then it's something adults do and it becomes acceptable for adults. If it's, you know what I mean? Like we like to gender things and make things based on age. That's ageist. Yo, I'm bummed out that Halloween's not happening. And you know what I think part of it is? It's complicated this year because to... To be denied the holiday, which is what we feel is, or the loss of a holiday is to have to acknowledge the wider losses. It's bigger. It's not just Halloween isn't happening. It's, we have to look at why it's not happening. When will it happen again? What else are we missing out on? What, what, what are we being withheld? What's being withheld and not being able to engage that. But I want to say it in a larger form, which is, listen, y'all, those of you that are unwilling to wear a mask, those of you that are unwilling to not still have a wedding, which PS, don't get me started on that one. Y'all can calm down and wait till next year. But people that are demanding that we still get together, that we're still in groups, y'all are part of why people can't have what they want access to because you're keeping us trapped longer. So I want to yet again ask those that are out there running around without a mask, still hanging out with their friends, still acting a mess. Like you are preventing people like this person from ha leading the lives they want to lead. So that's you know, frustrating for all of us. But um, number one, yes, it is a loss. Everything that, that feels like a loss is a loss. You're allowed to grieve anything. We're allowed to grieve the death of someone we've never met that we've, you know, psychologically spent time with like a singer or an athlete. We're allowed to, you know, we're allowed to grieve the loss of someone we've never met by watching, a, you know, a, a murder mystery. I cry all the time at those murder mysteries when I'm looking at the pain of a parent or an individual losing someone they love. Yeah, so feel the loss. That stinks. We've lost a lot this year, and it really freaking stinks. And it stinks that as we're dealing with these losses, we're seeing other people run around like we're not in a pandemic selfishly, not caring. It's a mess. So yes, it's real. And what do you do to snap out of it? You don't. Listen, we have to get away from the idea that anytime we feel bad or sad, we have to snap out of it. Feel it. Something real happened. Feel your loss. We don't, don't get rid of it. Don't bypass it. Don't jump over it. Be bummed out, but also acknowledge the other things that feel good. You know, be bummed out and go about your day. There's a lot of things I'm bummed out about, <laughs> but we still do what we can. We push forward. Yeah, Halloween's going to be different this year, and that's the key. We still get to have Halloween. So Halloween's still happening. It's just not happening the way you want it. 
It's still happening. So it's not happening the way that's best or preferred for you. You can still dress up. You can still eat tons of candy. You can still watch horror movies. You can, you can actually still get dressed up and go outside with a mask six feet away from people. Yeah, you can't knock on people's doors. No, you can't go to a Halloween party, but you'll be okay without a Halloween party. But you can still see your friends. Have your friends meet you on the lawn six feet apart, outdoors in a mask, in your costumes. We can still do it. It just has to be done differently. And moving forward, a lot of things will permanently be done differently. Permanently. Because we're now realizing, realizing that we put each other at risk. I'm okay moving forward that certain industries are always required to wear a mask. I was saying that about servers. I want my server moving forward to always have a mask on. I don't ever want to fly sitting next to someone closely. I want to maybe wear a mask if I have to sit next to someone on an airplane. Um, 100%. Life is different. We now know how much things can get passed around, and we want to prevent that from happening again. So I'm washing my hands way more than I ever have in my entire life and will continue to. I've also shared that moving forward, I don't want to shake hands ever. I don't ever want my hand on someone's dirty hand. I don't need to do that to say hello. I'll just nod and smile, you know? So things are different, but we can still have them. And just because we can't have them the way we want doesn't mean it's ruined. And I'm saying that to parents with their kids. We're still having Halloween. Halloween has not been canceled. It's just being done differently and a lot safer. So find new ways to engage it. We're going to be okay. All right, y'all. You're listening to The Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, now let's go to our first guest, licensed therapist, James Gay. James, welcome to the show. Thank you. So good to be here with you. Yeah, it's nice to have you. Uh, how is your mental health doing right now through all of this? Oh, boy. Loaded <laughs> it's question. been a rough haul, right? I think therapists are ourselves feeling it as well. So it's... Uh, it's going well. I'm having my own therapy sessions when I need to. I'm doing my own self-care. I'm trying to practice what I preach. And still, it, it can be uh, really difficult at times, right? Yeah, I appreciate that so much. I think some people think we're superhumans and that we don't have our own struggles. And uh, I'm trying to talk more about that, just dealing with my own anxiety right now around everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm even bringing it up in session where I'm like, I too am experiencing in the moment exactly what you're talking about, you know? And so let's let's work through this together. Let's figure out a way that that's going to help you thrive well, a little bit more. And that's kind of our segue. You know, life is happening right now in the midst of a lot of different things. Uh, election time. And I feel like prior Ooh. elections haven't brought up the topic of mental health in the way that the current one does. So uh, <laughs> kind of hold our hand through that right now. Um, what, what is election stress uh, all about? Oh, boy. It is about feeling increased anxiety and depression and hopelessness and taking it out on the people that are sort of around us at times, right? It's interesting that it's in August, the APA had the Harris poll come out, and they, um, based on the recipients who were interviewed, they said that two-thirds of U.S. adults, that's 68%, say that this election season is having a significant source of stress in their real life. And that's not just one political party or another. That's like literally 76% for Democrats, 67% for Republicans, and 64% for independents. So we're all feeling it. Yeah. And how much of that do you think is amplified by being in a pandemic? Do you think that they're intersecting or do you think they're separate? Oh, there's so much that's happening. There's so many unknowns, right? And there's so much that's on the line. And there's a polarization and heightened judgment and 
you know, for us to feel like there's so many unknowns in the world, often what we do is try and have a felt sense of control or power over things. And sometimes that can come out as, you know, being critical and judgy and, and, and just putting it all out there, trying to control the people around us in ways that are not so helpful oftentimes. Yeah, I know I've had to just monitor my own self and I have to be a little more thoughtful before I hit uh, post, right, on social media. Yeah. Because I've had <laughs> yeah. some days where I just want to rage. <laughs> Uh-huh. I have those days too, right there with you. <laughs> so and, and that's yeah. the thing, you know, we, we need to use our anger and our angst in ways that can have a positive impact. So, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about this right now, but part of that for me was literally like the next day, like I, I got my ballot in the mail. I filled it out the next morning. I took it. I put it in the, the box outside West Hollywood Public Library that's designated for it. And I can't tell you how therapeutic that felt in ways that I'd never experienced before. That was the fastest I've ever filled out that thing. <laughs> I love that. And I was the same way. But, you know, just to make complicated matters more complicated, we also have to be aware of whether or not it's a legitimate ballot box. Exactly. Like the stressors exactly. don't stop. <laughs> oh, my word. It's like 2020 is just throwing everything at us. And it's extreme. I think it's important to acknowledge that these are extreme times. There's a global pandemic. There's, you know, the presidential debate was a whole debacle. There's like, you know, there's an intensity of people's experiences and so many unknowns and so many tragedies and so much gaslighting that it's just a lot to contend with. So we need to acknowledge that for ourselves. So what tips do you have for those that are worried about election night itself? Mm -hmm. um, those, you mm -hmm. know, if it goes the way that people are wanting, clearly they'll celebrate. But if it goes the way right. that people are scared, it will. What tips would you give them for that night? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, as therapists, we're going to say this, we need to feel our feelings. We need to actually allow ourselves to acknowledge our vulnerability and whatever is up, even if it's something that we didn't anticipate, right? To allow ourselves to acknowledge what does exist, to not force it to be something different. And then it's what we do with it that makes the, the biggest difference, right? So if we can have that mindful presence and then attend to whatever's there in a much more caring way, it might mean that we need to take a break from the news, constant news stream that we get 24 seven. It might mean that we need to take a walk around the block might be that we need to call a friend or or you know get some physical exercise there's so many different ways that we can try and control with it what's within our power to control um, when so much is outside of our power control yeah i'm going to be definitely having community and social support ready because you know, I'm self-isolating, oh, yeah. so I'm at home on my own. So I'm going to be watching yeah. it by myself. And if it doesn't go well, uh, uh, I'm going to have my friends ready on speed dial, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember in 2016, I literally bawled because I knew what was going to transpire, right? And, you know, we've experienced that for the last almost four years now. And so, you know, we need to, to have a plan in place to acknowledge the reality of the situation and um, to integrate moments of pleasure or hope or gratitude. It's not about toxic positivity. It's not about ignoring all the stuff that's going on, the racial, social injustices in the world. It's about integrating some amount of positive experiences as much as we can um, to include that into our experience for our own mental health and well-being.
Yeah, got to center mental health. Well said. Well, right. listen, fingers crossed. We're all going to be prepared, and uh, we'll have you back yes. on. We'll have you back on afterwards <laughs> to talk about post-election aftercare. <laughs> Exactly. That's a thing, right? <laughs> it's going to have to be. All right, James Gay, thank you so much for being yeah. a part of our show. Thank you. I appreciate have it. Have a beautiful night. And there it is, finding control where we can find control, uh, surrounding yourself with available resources. Like I said, I was serious. I'm going to have my friends available if there are people I need to reach out to. And also, like James said, feel our feelings. Don't shame them. Don't deny them and don't stuff them. No toxic positivity. Feel your feels. That's how we're going to get through this and uh, know that we're all in it together. All right, we're back. And uh, oh, what a week. It's never it's never dull. It's never dull, but that's okay. Uh, question of the night. It is up on our Loveline IG page. So slide on over there. It's in the stories on our Loveline page. Um, I wanted to really unpack something. It sounds like a very basic uh, headline. And as always, not really interested in the story itself as much as the headline. So flipping around in HuffPost's story on Sharon Stone, the actress, um, yeah, she's done some interesting stuff in her career. And she said that she's no longer dating. Uh, apparently she's on Drew Barrymore's show. Didn't know Drew Barrymore had a show. And she said she's no longer dating because I quote, I've had it. So here's the quote also. She said, I've had it with dating because I just find people to be insincere and not worth my time. And I enjoy my alone time and time with my kids and my friends more. Oh man, so here's the thing. The reason why this is really meaningful is I want everyone to remember we do have a responsibility for how we impact others. Mental health is about getting away from our self-centeredness, our narcissism, and really thinking in relational terms and understanding that we have an impact on those around us. Remember, sex and dating is not neutral. It's not without impact. Anytime we interact with another human being, it is neutral, hopefully, or it reinforces the thoughts and feelings that we struggle with or it heals them, meaning you can have an interaction with someone where it doesn't really feel like there's a shift, but then we have some times where we walk away and if you really listen to your inner dialogue, it's saying, that's right, people can't be trusted. That's right, people are scary. That's right, dating isn't fun. Or the opposite, wow, what a great time. You know, it's a good reminder that there are good people out there. You wanna leave people better off from having been in your presence or at least neutral. But every time someone leaves having been in your company on a date, on a dating app, in a conversation, having had sex, again, they walk away with the same storyline that was problematic or a better and new one. And so when we have people like Sharon Stone, and for those that aren't familiar, a multitude of people, because it really depends on the social group you run in. Some people's social group is a lot of married couples, and so this is a very foreign idea to them, you know, the dating world and the apps. But a lot of people are very bruised and beat up. And and I talked in the past a lot about dating app burnout. This whole idea that that people are exhausted because no one's taking responsibility for how they're utilizing these things. And I remember when I was on them, I'd see people th say things like, oh, it's just an app, don't take it seriously. But my God, take it seriously. It's a, you know, it's a human being on the receiving end. And we have to really challenge and get away from the idea when someone says, oh, it's just an app, it's just a hookup, they're just a trick. All these words that we use to kind of minimize that it's a person and also as a way to kind of distance our accountability or responsibility to them. And, you know, we, we used to rely upon, I guess, anyone who's locally near us because of the stores we go to or the bars and dating apps. The beauty is they give us a wealth of 
A wealth of options is more importantly a wider net, right? Because dating is a numbers game, right? It's it's about sticking around long enough to really encounter enough people to do the difficult work of exploring the complexities of trying to figure out and see compatibility and chemistry. Remember, that's a very complex process. And with more options, we <laughs> we often take that more seriously. They call it the tyranny of options, where the more options you have, the harder it is to choose, right? We think that it's a great concept to have so many cars to choose from, so many different kinds of genes, and now so many dating partners. But when we have a limited number, we we take it seriously, more seriously, and we, we really see it as a limited resource. And now we have so many options that people aren't taking it seriously. And so there's such a benefit to the apps, because again, while you're on them, you're still out there dating because your profile exists, and you can meet people beyond what you'd have the ability to bump into locally. But, um, you know, it can also work against you psychologically. So again, check in on the psychology of it all. You know, if you're feeling like you're really starting to feel really bad after being on them and your mood has changed, you might have dating at burnout. And that means take time away, take a month off, take three months off, take a whole year off, whatever you need to do. Challenge yourself to maybe really be more assertive when out in the world. I don't care if you're, whatever your gender is, be assertive, go smile, flirt. Present is available in the world. I mean, that's part of it too. If you're gonna you know, leave the apps and try to really meet someone in, in the world otherwise, you have to present as approachable, you know? Um, you have to be open. Most people aren't gonna jump through hoops to really get your attention and uh, maybe hit on you. So you have to ask people out and whatnot. But um, use the apps kindly and wisely. You know, they're not here to be weaponized, although we tend to do that. But, you know, celebrities are on there and they're struggling, so. <laughs> everyone else is in good company. Um, but again, just take it seriously. That's the whole point of that. Quickly, I just want to also point out, really focus on your mental health right now during um, election election season, election time. Take breaks, put things down, stop conversations, don't ruminate. It's leading a lot of people feeling helpless and, and, and powerless. You know, make sure you're voting, get those around you to vote. Really support that. Send them links, information, drive them, stand in line with them, bring food, whatever you need to do. But you don't need to know everything. You don't need to watch all the hearings. Uh, it was really painful for some people to watch Amy's hearing um, <laughs> as well as maybe the presidential and vice presidential debates. You're allowed to sit out of that. That doesn't make you uninformed or not an intelligent consumer or, you know, citizen. Your mental health comes before all else, truly. And uh, take care of yourselves. You know, we don't have to live in news. That's why I gave all that a break. I had to. I'm very much outside of what's happening minute by minute. wasn't wasn't doing wasn't doing me any good. And I'm already very informed. I already knew who I was voting for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it was just kind of adding a little bit more harm. And we've got enough of that going on right now. So again, really check in on your mental health. And if someone's constantly bringing up, keeping you stuck in uh, those conversations around, you know, politics, et cetera. Tell them stop, you know, <laughs> find a little joy. We need a little joy in human in our lives. So check out those comedies. All right, y'all. Question of the night coming up next. As always, it's up on our Loveline and G page in the stories. And then some DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all. We're back now. It's time for question of the night. Bum, 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 right? Music. Cardi B says that she's getting back with Offset. Because she needs sex. <laughs> Clearly, it's a little bit more than that because sex is accessible with others than offset. Um, but I like that quote. What is the wildest reason you've gotten back together with an ex? 
I don't think I've ever personally gotten back together with an ex. Let me think for a second. I like holding space for the idea that, you know, maybe it wasn't the right time or we needed some maturity and people circle back and that's why you leave lovingly. And I love people maintaining relationship of some kind, friendship or otherwise with an ex. It's such a healthy sign. Just because we can't pull off something romantically or sexually doesn't mean we have to kick people out of our lives. And new people coming into our lives that we're dating, if they're healthy and have confidence and aren't toxic monogamously, they'll support and value that too and be happy to see that. People that don't aren't healthy enough. So that's a red flag and don't date those people. Uh, but again, question tonight is, what's the wildest reason you've gotten back together with an ex? Ah, let's keep it good. Someone said I was hooking up with a guy because I loved his dog. <laughs> I get it. But you're allowed to do that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're allowed to use sex for whatever reason you want. And if you just wanted really casual sex and you know, the person was attractive enough and sweet enough and kind enough and the sex was good enough and you like to see his dog, why not? What a great thing to add to your week or your day sometimes. You know what I mean? You know, sex doesn't have to be in service of building a committed or a long-term romantic relationship. Sex can just be two adults saying we want to do this together. We want to bond in this moment. Casual sex is completely appropriate. Sex with benefits, sex with friends. I've made a lot of friendships out of having hooked up with someone and realizing I don't want to date them. I don't necessarily want to have sex again, but they were super, super rad and we hung out. And we continue to. It's just kind of part of the cycle of life, y'all. Uh, question tonight, what's the wildest reason you got back together with an ex? Someone said, my sister got back with her ex because he drunkenly, oh, here we go, got a tattoo of her name and she thought he loved her. Okay, but she didn't love him. Don't make someone's love for you the sole reason for being with them. Like, take the compliment and move on. They were together for another two weeks and then broke up for good, laugh my LMAO. <laughs> yeah, not a good reason. <laughs> I wonder what happened with that tattoo. Um, yeah, I, I could see that though. It gets a tattoo of you, you're like, eh, I can give another two weeks to this. But again, don't lead people on. I'm not saying that that's necessarily what happened, but it sounds like that, because that's also not kind, you know? When asked, if you said to someone, hey, if I wasn't interested, would you rather me pretend for two more weeks or would you rather me just kind of end it now? Most people would say, please just end it. And that's a funny thing when people like drag it out because they feel bad breaking up with the person. Like, you're actually doing that for you, not for them. Because what they'd want and what they need is for you to let them go. You know what I mean? Not to not to fake it. Because also, the, sometimes that same person's talking to their friends, being like, I can't tell what's going on. Da, da, da. Yeah, don't do that. Don't be that person. Um, little little life lessons in all these answers. Question of the night. What's the wildest reason you've gotten back together with an ex? Someone said, I got back with my ex to figure out if she was cheating on me the first time we were together. I was right. Wait, I don't know if I understand that. You got back with your ex to figure out if she, what? Y'all need to let stuff like that go. Y'all hang on to things, trying to get closure. Closure is not a real thing. Rarely do we get anything. Often we have to just kind of move on. Someone else said, my ex moved from Florida to California to be with me and then moved back to Florida when we didn't work out. Then I got a job in Florida and we got back together. Been dating for two years now. See, that's a perfect example. Um, it works better in Florida. And I know people laugh at that, but I was in a long-term relationship with someone in Philadelphia. It was beautiful. When we moved out to LA together, which is actually why I came to LA, didn't work out anymore. Our social groups were different. Our jobs were different. Parts of us that emerged were different. It just didn't translate. You can't always just assume that context environment don't matter. They do. And that's why I don't agree when people say, wherever you go, there you are. Well, maybe, but context and environment matter and different environments will bring out different parts of us. And so it is okay to want to move and service to be around a different community, different social norms or values. And, you know, Florida versus California, I could see where it's a very different person that shows up, you know, at each one, you know, but, um, you know, two years now. So it worked out when you went back there. <laughs> God, the geographics. Uh, question of the night. 
Uh, Cardi B said she's getting back together with Offset because she needs sex. God bless. I'm sure, again, she could get it many other ways, many other people, many other places. Question is, though, what is the wildest reason you have gotten back together with an ex? Uh, someone said, I'm with Cardi. I got back with my ex because he was going through a dry spell. Oh, because I was going through a dry spell and he was good, and she was good in bed. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I mean, don't misuse someone. It, don't pretend like you want more than just the sex. Possibly that person, if you said, listen, you know, we tried romantically, it didn't work out well, but the sex is fire. Are you cool just being, you know, FWBs, friends of benefits? And they might be like, yeah, cool. And then you can work, use that to be even closer friends and you can keep dating others. And then when you each meet someone you'd rather be with, you can part ways and move towards that relationship, you know? It's okay to have a placeholder. It's okay to have sex with exes as long as you walk away feeling okay. Remember, healthy sex means sex you walk away feeling neutral or better. But if you're walking away feeling sad, bad, lonely, or worse off, it's not healthy sex and don't do it. And same goes for both parties. If you see it negatively impacting them, don't be a part of such a system. You know what I mean? Set a boundary, not for them, but for yourself, because you don't want to be a part of making someone's life more difficult um, because they claim to be open to sex with you, but you know that it's really hard on them. You know, that's where your ethics kind of show up. All right, y'all, two minute uh, promise. We'll be back in two minutes, sliding, sliding into those DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. All right, y'all, time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore the confidence. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Charlie, and I'm 18 years old. I've known since I was able to walk that I'm gay. Since you were able to walk, huh? You can remember all the way back then? <laughs> my parents have accepted it. Great. Good parents. Why? Because loving someone is not conditional. If you love someone, you accept who they are, you know? And if you only love them, if they're who you need them to be, then that's what we call conditional love, and that's really crappy. So parents have accepted you, your siblings, everyone's cool with it, and we're happy. Beautiful, congrats, I love hearing that. However, here comes the however. I'm finding it really hard to find younger gay males like myself who are already comfortable with their sexuality. Yeah, I know. Our culture, again, has a sense of the closet, and that exists only because we assume everyone's straight unless told otherwise. And that, that has to be pulled out because it shouldn't be on gay people to have to, gosh, to have to really demand space and acceptance. And I've said this before, stop assuming everyone's straight and then no one has to come out. If we say to someone, hey, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? You know, and we just make the, we hold space for the possibility of some people not being straight, then it really relieves some of the pressure. Um, but it exhausts people. And also with remember at a young age, not everyone has enough self-actualization to really know who they are. Also, not everyone has a social support or family support at that age. Also, people at that age maybe don't have a very intimate, vulnerable, vulnerable relationship with those around them where they feel safe or known enough. I mean, so many parts of that, you know, 18, 18, a lot of people are still figuring out who they are. Back to what you said, though, you said it's really hard to find younger gay males like myself who are already comfortable with their sexuality. I keep meeting people who aren't out yet or don't know if they're gay or say they're bi. So when I try to talk to older men who know who they are, they don't want to talk to an 18-year-old. This is the hardest time for me because I want someone to be as open and proud as I am with me, but I can't find that anywhere. Do you have any suggestions? Um, you know, in some ways, sometimes we're at the mercy of what's available to us based on where we are. I would find the closest LGBTQIA center, uh, gay and lesbian center. Most cities have them. So even in a lot of rural areas. So go online and find one. And if you go there, they have all sorts of events. They have programming and you might be able to meet some people there. But otherwise, yeah, you're, you're 18. Your social group is not going to be 
as self-aware maybe or as socially aware as people that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. That's part of just kind of being 18. So you have to accept that that's part of that age bracket. Um, people aren't going to necessarily be further along. We're working really hard to help that. But um, yeah, I don't. I actually don't have an answer at all. Go to the Gay and Lesbian Center, stay online, and try to build a network of, and community of people that are nearby. And that's the best you can do. You know, there's no um, concentrated source of you know fully self-actualized aware people other than, like I said, online communities, social media, LGBTIA Center. Um, yeah. I know it's a struggle. <laughs> uh, when I was 18 and I was trying to find people that really mirrored who I was in the world and what I wanted to do, um, it was difficult. And back then we didn't even have technology. Um, I was running around a lot of underage uh, nightclub events and just meeting a wealth of um, interesting people. <laughs> so yeah, we're kind of at the mercy of our surroundings, but um, try to build a community online, but hang in there, man. It starts to change as you get into your elder years. But um, that's kind of what it's like to be in your age bracket. So it's really about a lot of acceptance as we work on building a different world where no one has to necessarily feel disconnected from that. So my heart goes out to you, but it's kind of part of being in that age bracket. Hang in there, man. All right, y'all. Uh, question of the night is back up on our page. So weigh in on that and uh, have a great weekend. Really, really focus on rest. Really, really focus on finding some joy and pleasure. You know, put let the housework go. Things don't need to be as clean as they normally are. Remember, we're dropping the bar. We're going for 60%. Just focused on fun. Find some fun this weekend. Find some rest. Find some joy. <laughs> we have the election coming up. We are still in a pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, let's go easy on ourselves. But more importantly, also go easy on those around you. You know, we got to drop the bar for ourselves, but also for those around us. But check out past episodes of Loveline at wearechannelq.com. And also, if you want to do some reading, grab my books, Sex Outside the Lines of Rebel Love. They're also on audio. And um, yeah, guys, I'll see you on Monday. Thanks for hanging out with me. And y'all have a beautiful, beautiful night.